It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In today's episode, I share a conversation that I had with licensed professional counselor of Focus Therapy, Dominic Crane. It's interesting how I come across Dominic. Shout out to my sis, Amber. Amber sent me a video of him talking about the importance of therapy. And therapy is important. But as I started to research his brother, I saw that. You know, he is passionate about providing service and therapy. He's passionate about how men's mental health shapes who they are. He's passionate about mental health. He's so passionate about mental health. I come across one of his videos that he gave away sessions during the, the pandemic. I think I think that's incredible. It speaks a lot to who he is as a person and that alone. There are, you know, therapists in the field that have been doing therapy for years, I'm sure. And I've never come across a video where they were giving away free sessions. My therapist, I'm sure wasn't going to offer me any free sessions, but this brother did. And it stood out. I thought that was so powerful. I thought it was amazing that someone with that professional expertise was willing to listen and help someone through six sessions of therapy. Shout out to you, Dominic, man. I appreciate you. We had a powerful discussion on the importance of therapy, generational trauma, and much more. I got with me today, LPC, Licensed Professional Counselor of Focused Therapy. He provides services to all walks of life, from adults, children, adolescents, to families with students with behavioral issues, stress and trauma, and much more. Mr. Dominic Crane. Dominic, welcome to VRP. Thank you for having me, man. Truly humbled and honored for this opportunity. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for freeing up your time. Um, I know how we kind of met was a little random, but, uh, you know, the algorithm, it works. Some people are dissatisfied with their algorithm, but I think it depends on what you look at on the internet. And what I mean by algorithm, I mean internet. I met Dominic through the internet. I had a friend send me um, one of his videos and um, I tapped into him. His video immediately spoke to me. Um, and then I you know, looked more into his videos and uh, I was five videos deep before I was like, hey, let me reach out to this brother, see if he'd be interested in coming in to 
do an episode. Um, but man, you're 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 doing a great deal. Um, one video of yours that stuck out the most was you giving out um, free sessions. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about Dominic. How did you get into licensed professional counseling, and how long have you been doing it? I believe this truly found me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the field since 2012, well, actually 2011. And it started because I moved back to Oklahoma after graduating, uh, went back to Kansas for a year and then ended up back in Oklahoma, married with kids and looking for work. And so my friend, one of my fraternity brothers had an agency where they worked with kids. And that's kind of what pushed me towards the LPC because I came in as a case manager I was like, well, let me see how far I can take this thing. And went back to school, got my master's, and then uh, ultimately got my license nice. to counseling. Nice. That's awesome, man. And so uh, you, you said you, you went to, back to Oklahoma. So did you, you, my understanding, you went to Langston. Um, and then um, uh, shout out to LU uh, and the Langston grads. Um, so when you were at Langston, like, it, um, were you, did you play any sports? Um, is, is, talk, talk about you a little bit about your experience at Langston, if you would. Oh, man, I got there on accident as well, man. I, yeah. I got there on an academic scholarship, actually. Okay. Um, went as a McCabe scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, so down there, I, first major was technology. I ended up changing it during the first semester, maybe second semester. And I switched it over to mathematics. Okay. And so my first degree is actually in mathematics. Wow. So, I don't know how I got to the counseling after that. But. That's awesome. Man, that's awesome. I Listen, man, I, I, I hate math, bro. I'm just keep real with you. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, especially from our community, black people, I, I feel like really don't jive with math. What do you think? Is that, is that a, a fair stereotype to, to add? Or what do you think about that? I think it's just because of our educational system. Like, it's, yeah. you got to have a foundation because math genuinely like it really truly builds on itself and so yeah. the thing that you learn from first grade you're going to use them in second grade and they're just going to add something else to it and so if your foundation is shaky which i found that a lot of people's foundation was shaky mm-hmm. it's it's a difficult concept to grab yeah yeah and you know i think one of my problems and one of the reasons why i don't like math is because i wasn't consistent and in, in elementary school to middle school through high school i missed a lot of school bro I missed a lot of school, um, came, you know, from a home that, you know, we didn't have much, you know, and, um, the structure truly wasn't there. Uh, and, uh, that's, you know, having, you know, miss a class and, or miss school and have to make up the work. Um, you got to get, you know, get a little, a lot of help from your, uh, people in the household, you know, with the homework. Yeah. You know? Um, and if that's not there, then, you know, you, you really don't have, um, I guess the the uh, motivation to even want to learn math after that, you know. So I feel like I, after reflecting at it, like I feel like I tapped out real early with math. And anytime I see it, dude, I panic. Straight Man, I, I panic. So, so what was your upbringing like? Man, born in Junction City, Kansas, a small town not far from Manhattan, where K State is at. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up moving to ultimately moving to Wichita by the second grade. And raised in Wichita for the rest of the remainder of my education, as far as up until 12th grade. Uh, we moved around a lot, man. I'm the oldest of four boys. Uh, my mother, she worked 
she worked hard. She was very smart as far as when it comes to school and everything. And so when it came to our education, that's the one thing that was consistent in our life is she made sure that we took care of them books. And so um, it wasn't the easiest upbringing, man. I think uh, I remember being like kindergarten, first grade, walking back and forth to home, home and school by myself with the key around my neck, you know, mm, got to let yeah, myself yeah. in and yeah. take care of myself for a little bit till somebody gets home. And it was just a lot of responsibility at an early age. And so the fun wasn't always there, you know, yeah. it wasn't always easy. You know, didn't, wasn't able to do a lot because we didn't have a lot. But, you know, it just, you learn to, learn to do with what you have, though. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing I did learn growing up as a, as a youngster in my mom's house. Nice. So not knowing who my father was was probably the toughest part of childhood, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three younger brothers, like I stated, and, you know, it's just, they know their father. And I used to grow up looking and sitting back like, dang, what's, what's wrong with me? You know, why ain't nobody, why don't I have a dad? Mm-hmm. Why is it just my mom and nobody else coming to see about me? And so I had a lot of confidence issues, self-esteem, mm-hmm. identity, like who am I? What are, what's my value? What am I supposed to do? And so I had a lot of uncertainty as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could, uh, you know, I could definitely relate to the, to the no father in the house and, um, you know, I, I met my, my dad late, um, and it was a short period of time. Um, and I, I want to ask you, um, how close were you with your extended family? Did, and did you have, um, you know, were you involved with your extended family uh, on your dad's side? No, nah, I, I don't even know who he is. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't have any connections outside of my mom, my auntie, and then my grandmother, grandfather. We had a very small family. Yeah. Um, it was maybe seven seven of us grandchildren for my grandmother and grandfather, and, and that was it. Like every summer, summers we all go to grandma's for the most part, kick it down there in Junction City. I had a couple people that we grew up with that we called cousins uh, that we would hang out with down there and things like that. But outside of that, it was very small, very yeah. small. Yeah. And yeah, that's, you know, I've got, you know, friends from all different walks of life and different grounds. Um, I found to be persistent enough that, you know, I've got a friend that's been adopted. Your meal dominated. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's coming through now. My Wi Fi is insistent, so I need to get a cockpit call or I need to go and cancel and get you verbal. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, just what I've you know realized, reflecting, and you know, basing in a reflection of my different groups of friends, um, what is prevalent in the black community is the disconnect with the dad, um, and a lot of times for me, uh, and what I've noticed, and for me personally, um, whenever the dad's disconnect is there, and so is the disconnect with the extended family. And so uh, growing up in my um, community, uh, what I realized after reflecting, uh, you know, a long term of reflecting is, you know, a lot of guys that are in and out of prison, a lot of guys that, you know, die early, a lot of guys that, um, you know, trap or uh, hustle. um, What the common denominator is, is the dad's not there. Um, There's no extended family connection. would you say that that's a part of some type of generational trauma or 
uh, why why do we why is that a consistent thing in in the black community? And again, we can find you know the that not there in different groups. I found it mm-hmm. in some of my friends that you know are white. I found it in some of my friends that are adopted. You know, and so, but for the most part, over, over time, what I've noticed, um, and just putting in my own person and my own reflection to myself and what I've gone through to this, I've noticed that in our group, there's a large majority of fatherless homes. And I'm curious though, is that a generational trauma thing or what do you think that is? Yeah, for sure. That could be considered generational trauma because, you know, before like maybe in the early 1900s, you had, you know, nuclear families, you know, right. you had exactly. the mother, the father, you know, the kids, sometimes you had the grandparents, like it was uh, truly a village mentality in a lot of situations. And once maybe, if I'm remembering correctly, around the 60s, 70s, maybe that's when homes really become, started becoming broken, you know, yeah. and fathers were being pulled out of the homes and, you know, and so that, that correlation to generational trauma definitely exists in that dynamic. Yeah. Not having a father, like it just, it takes away from some of the stability that is needed in the home. Right. Yeah. And and you mentioned to, um, uh, having to, you know, break down and figure out your identity. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I've had to experience myself. And so whenever we see our brothers or young black men, um, or black men period that go in and out of incarceration, um, or deal with traumatic losing a friend, you know, you there. Oh, the last part broke out. Like losing a friend um, early, you know, to gang violence. Um, and if they're not aware of that, um, of what's happened, um, you get, this is ridiculous. You good, Dominic? Yeah, I can hear you okay. now. Yeah. All right. But when, when they're in it, you know, whenever they're experiencing this trauma and they're not aware of it, um, it, 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 it can spiral out. And I've, I've realized that it, it gets passed on and the kids in the home pick it up. You yep. know, um, um, what are, you know, we, you know, we're here to talk about mental health, but um, what are some things to look for that, you know, parents that might be experiencing that with their kids now? What are some things to look for? Man, I'll, I'll just give you a brief history on my family because, okay. you know, I can go back to as far as just my great-grandmother. Mm. And the history I know about my great-grandmother was she had her own challenges. And my grandmother and them, it was maybe five or six of them, and they were not raised together like that home. That's when the first broken home that I know of in our family tree uh, became in, came into existence. And then I look at my mother and her upbringing, although I have I called out my grandfather, grandmother earlier, I didn't know until I was in high school mm-hmm. that my grandfather was not my mother's biological father and that my mother had no relationship with her biological father. And so that's another example of a broken home. Even mm-hmm. though somebody came in, it still wasn't the original as far as the biological. Right. And so when I, what I would do like to begin to identify things like we have to be honest with ourselves. What are the things that we actually did not like? What are the things that we actually saw as detrimental or painful or harmful to us? And I saw that growing up, like 
Oh uh, yeah, I don't I don't want my family to be like that. Uh, I even told my wife like I've always wanted to be a father. You know, I've always wanted to have kids and be that male role model, consistent male role model in their life. But I didn't always want to be a husband. But I know that now it's. It's, it comes with it, man. If yeah, you really yeah, want to have yeah. the, the ideal family, right. you need yeah. it all. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to do as far as breaking that generational curse in my family. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to have a whole family. Yeah. Mother, father, kids, all from the same source. Yeah. So, you know, uh, in some cases, like, some some people, especially from our community, would call that square. You know what I mean? Like, call that lane. You know, um, how do we make something, how do we make recognizing generational trauma, um, transforming thyself. How do we make that cool? So man, make it look good. Like yeah, make it yeah. successful. Yeah. Um, because that's, you know, and cool is going to be relative anyway to right. each individual, but it's about trying to make it as successful as possible and making it, you know, look as whole and as genuine as possible and not for anybody else, but really for yourself and just being that example, That's right. you know, because like you mentioned earlier, like just you brought up the gangs and things like that. Like those are families as well, in a sense. Right. Absolutely. But it's not it's not the most healthy family. Right. You know, so we gotta look at look at it and be honest. Like, you know, where does the gang gonna lead? You got two places usually, the graveyard or the penitentiary. That's right. So do if we wanna actually have a life and have a great experience, we gotta begin to shift how we're viewing things so we can begin to look at a actual family as okay this is a positive thing this actually comes with some benefits and not a lot of liabilities right right yeah yeah that's good that's good um i completely agree with you man i think one thing for me is um what before i got rolling i had very minimum awareness you know i have very minimum awareness to um you know realizing goals i have very minimum awareness to how to achieve the goals i have very minimum awareness to um um uh this is gonna sound crazy but to um oh excuse me i got a brain fart integrity i had a very limited awareness you know to what integrity even looked like you know people say integrity is what you do and people aren't looking but what i found here recently it's more than that you know it's uh when people are looking you know and I think there, for me, what worked was creating a map um, and to, you know, writing out, you know, what, you know, I feel like I'm not well in and what, you know, I want to be better in. And um, definitions became important because I needed to know exactly what that what that is before I can model it, you know. And so um, do you feel like in some cases that that could be a good start or do you feel because what I've also noticed is it brought on a lot of confusion. You know what I mean? There was some, there was a lot of confusion. I had to move out of the way as well. Um, and so maybe in another episode, we can talk to how to avoid that confusion. But do you feel like creating a map is a good start? Um, if one can't provide or pay for therapy? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you gotta, you know, I listened to this other podcast and dude says the, your strongest ability should be the ability to self-assess, you know, and if you can self-assess, you know, that's, that's going to go into that map. Okay. Where Mm -hmm. am I at? Yeah. Where do I want to go? You know, and how am I going to get there? The how isn't always the most important part, you know, because you can figure it out along the way a lot of times. Right. But you got to know where you're at. You got to yes. know where you want to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Gofay talks about seeing the end in the beginning, you know, as far as the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah, I love the book. Seeing yeah. the end in the beginning. And so where am I going? What do mm-hmm. I want? And what does it take to get there? You know, and so you got to see what you have inside you already. And right, what do you need to add? You know, what do you need to take away? Because there are some habits and there are some things that no longer serve us that we still hold on to just because it's our norm and it's comfortable. Right. But we got to learn that if we're trying to get somewhere. With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Especially in this mental health space, like you're going to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you have to be comfortable with that because it's, there's no growth there's no change without pain. Like no pain, no gain is a real thing. Like yeah. you, you're going to go through some pain. You're going to go through discomfort. Yeah. And so, yeah, mapping it out is a great start. Okay. And, you know, one thing that led me into mapping it out was drug use. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I had a, um, a long-term uh, eight-year addiction to, you know, battle of addiction with meth. And uh, the beginning of that addiction uh, I would get high and I stumbled across books and I would read those books while I would get high. And, um, one episode, uh, after using, um, led me into, I don't know what it was, but it led me into like, um, obviously some depression, but it led me into kind of writing stuff out about me, you know, mm-hmm. which was kind of strange, you know, um, once you, once I sit back and think about it, but, um, I, I stumbled upon that on accident, you know, um, and thank God, um, I stumbled upon that on some of my darkest moments. And so anybody that's listening, that's, you know, uh, thinking about change your life, no matter what you're going through, you can set and start that map. You can be the, as high as ever and, and, and start a map on how you want to evolve your life because it happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's a real thing. And I feel like it's gave me momentum to being where I'm at now. You know, um, I'm able to have a family without, you know, grow up with not having a family, you know, and not having a real close family. I have that now. And um, there was there was plenty of times where I shouldn't be here, you know, whether it be physically or, you know, as, you know, gone spiritually and physically just dead, you know. And so um, I feel like anybody can start that that I called it a process identification. But I think anybody could start that. Um, but while you're in that transformation, like you said, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And if you can get to therapy, if you can afford therapy, um, do it right. Um, talk a little bit about your therapy sessions and how you help people that are, you know, looking uh, that are in therapy. How do you help your clients? So before I touch on that, man, I yeah. really want to highlight something that you just said, like your darkest moment. 
Mm. Your darkest moments are where most of the development occurs. Mm. If we look at biology, where is a baby developed? Wow. In the mother's womb, it's a dark space. If we look at, let's say, photography, old school photography, where were those pictures developed? Space. In wow. a dark space. That's where most of your development is going to occur. A lot of times you won't know what to develop or where to develop if you don't have a dark space. Yeah. Like you got to hit bottom or you right. got to, you know, you got to bottom out. Because a lot of times we'll find comfort in our discomfort, you know what I'm saying, as far as like the bad things we're doing, and we'll just keep cruising along. Mm -hmm. But until we bottom out, like we don't know, like or truly understand what needs to be changed or why we need to change. Right. And so that's, you hit something good right there, man, with that yeah. darkest moment, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as therapy sessions, man, you know, I, I service, you know, I don't turn anybody away for the most part. My target audience is, you know, males, you know, starting with the teens up until the early adults, you know. Um, but I teach everybody when they come in, like, I'm your GPS. You know, you, you put in the directions of where you want to go. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to do my best to guide you. It's up to you to follow the directions or, you know what I'm saying, follow the route and get to where you're trying to go. I can't make you get there. You know, and so we sit back, we we dialogue back and forth, and I try to have them really get into a space to where they're thinking, you know, because a lot of times we just go through life, we don't think about anything we're doing, we just do it because it's come so natural, work, home, you know, dinner, sleep, wake up, repeat. Yeah. And so I get them to a space where they just start thinking a little bit, changing a little bit of this part, because if we can shift the perspective, we're going to begin to change what we see outside of ourselves and we're going to begin to operate a little differently with the things we see outside of ourselves. Yeah. And so I try to just get them in that space where they're open to thinking. Mm. Man, I love it. I love it. Uh, are there very many black men in your industry? I know uh, I had a situation um, where, you know, it led me into seeking out therapists and man, it, it was so difficult that I gave up. I honestly stopped for looking. Um, um, and then I didn't look start. And this was when I lived in Colorado. I know there was telehealth available um, and I still wasn't able to find it. There wasn't anyone in the community that I lived in that, you know, were a therapist of color. And it definitely wasn't any therapists of color that were male. Um, and so me not being able to find that someone that I can relate to a person of color to talk about some of the issues that were specific to my plight specific to my identity. Um, and I find it, it to be difficult to relate to uh, and no offense, but a white female when I'm needing help with what a black male is going through. And so is there very many black men in your industry? No, man, it's really truly like finding a needle in a haystack. You know, I'm mm -hmm. in Houston. Was it we the third largest and I've had so many people call me like, hey, man, I'm glad I found you because I've been yeah. looking for months to find a black male therapist for my son or for my husband or, you know, this and that. Even some of my black sisters come up like, man, I just been looking for a black male therapist to get the black male perspective on what I'm doing. And so it's not the easiest thing to find us. Yeah. Um, I actually just got invited to a meet and greet tonight with the, let me think, uh, what's their name? So it's an alliance group, and I just heard about this group, and I've been in Houston for four or five years now, and 
And so this meet and greet is for people of color, like in the mental health space that are professionals in there. And so I may see more tonight. I don't know though. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot. I haven't come across a lot in my own day to day. Yeah. I hope so, man. I know um, I've done some searching here in Oklahoma. Um, I haven't had too much luck, but, uh, and you know, I, I've looked into tele telehealth, um, and I've, I've actually found one and she's a female, but, uh, to talk to a man makes more sense, uh, at this point, you know, and, um, but there's this inner, inner, I want to call it the ego that if it's so too high that it'll get in the way of what I actually need to do in terms of finding a man, a black man that I can relate to, to talk about some things that people would deem to be sensitive or talk about some things that people would deem to be uh, weak or cowardly. Um, what do you say to some of us that have that, that mindset that, Hey, if I go talk to this black man and tell him about everything that I've kept in my closet, that I'm ready to, you know, clean out my closet and, I need help in that area, but, um, but there's people that say a real nigga don't need therapy. I think Kendrick Mark said that a real mm -hmm. nigga don't need therapy. What do we say to brothers like that? Well, a real nigga might not need therapy, but a real man does. Mm. You know? And so mm. you're a real man. I honestly preach strength and vulnerability. Yeah. You know, because how do we truly get better if we're not going to be all the way open and honest with what, right. what we're dealing with? And so if you want to keep having the same outcomes you having, keep doing what the hell you're doing. But if you want to get on the other side of the, the crap that's in front of you, you got to switch it up and you got to be open. You got to be honest. Like, and if you're not willing to do that, like you really wasting your own time. You know, yeah. you paying somebody for, for just a conversation. Right. And not for therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you offer telehealth um, services? Uh, is that my saying it right? Telenet? Or yeah. Telehealth. Yeah. yeah I okay. do telehealth. I do in person. Um, shoot. When I was in Oklahoma doing this, I, I would travel to houses. But man, Houston too big for that, man. Y'all yeah, yeah. can miss me with that travel out, right. out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of your videos I found um, on IG. And if you don't mind, I want, and I'm sorry, I didn't mention this in the opening, but I wanted to play a couple of your videos and maybe we can, um, react to it on the other side of it. But I found you, um, and one of your videos that I saw was you were offering a free session. Talk a little bit about that. What led you into offering free sick? I know I, I don't know if you saw the comment, but I'm like, Hey, you still offering those free sessions, but yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So man, um, that actually, that idea came about back in December, uh, when, when Twitch off Ellen, uh, mm -hmm. the guy completed suicide Yeah, and you know, we had a, I'm a, I was a part of this accountability group and we were just talking, I was talking to a couple of fellas I knew in there. One of them was like, bro, you probably need to do something, man. Like, is this a lot of us out here hurting? And so first thing that came to my mind, like, okay, what do I have to offer? You know, I'm a, you know, a husband right now. I got four kids. Like, what can I really offer a lot of people? I was like, I can offer what I do every day, therapy. Mm. And so that's how that came about. I offered six sessions to the first six black men that inquired about therapy that had never had that experience before. Just yeah. to at least give them an introduction into it and to open up their mind to, you know, this, this side of living. Yeah. 
So how, how did that, how did that, that, that go? Did, was it, um, were you able to get some clients to sign up? Man, I actually did like maybe seven, or eight people, man. Oh, it was wow. hard to turn some people away. And so yeah. I've had seven, or awesome. eight, majority of them completed at least four or five sessions. I had, um, maybe two or three of them completed all six. And wow. so they were open to it. And they, one of them after maybe the third or fourth one, like, you know, of course we're not, we're not going to be healed super fast, but he was like, I think I honestly have enough to keep going as long as I keep practicing and keep putting things in place. And so he was, our last two sessions was just like shooting the shit. Like we were just kicking yeah. it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's talk about that process. Actually, let me, let me go back. Anybody who's listening to this, man, listen, go on, jump in, like go on, get the therapy. But some people might not want to again, because they're not sure the process of, you know, what it all goes into it. What's the process to even be able to have your therapy paid for, or how much does it normally cost? Talk a little bit about that, the starting process. What does that look like? If anyone out there is interested, they've never, you know, gone to their own, they don't have a uh, uh, family physician or they haven't had any reason to go, you know, sign up for a doctor, but they know they need someone to talk to. So if they don't have a doctor or they do have a doctor, what does that starting process look like? Okay. Um, if they have a doctor, they can definitely talk to their PCP. And a lot of times their PCP can find, you know, providers in the area. And they may have partnerships with some providers and they'll refer their patients to those providers. If you don't have a doctor, um, if you're working, you can call your insurance and your insurance will give you a list of available providers that are covered under your plan. If you don't have insurance and you're still working, you know, you're, sometimes your companies that you work for will have what you call an EAP, which is an employee assistance program. Hmm. And they'll provide free sessions. You know, a lot of times hmm. it's six, but I've seen as many as 10. And then they'll give you that amount for each issue. So say like you, the first issue was anxiety. So you get six to eight sessions for anxiety. Once those are complete, you can go back usually and say, oh, man, I'm dealing with some depression. Now you got six to eight more sessions to focus on depression and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're in the age of information now. Google, therapist near me, you know what I'm saying? Therapist near me. And then you guys start calling and start reaching out um, to see who takes your insurance. Uh, And so, and if that's, if that becomes too expensive because everybody does it differently, you know, my rates, I just raised my rates recently this year and I'm doing 150 per session now. And some people are higher than that. Some people are lower than that, you know, and, and if that's too expensive, they have other opportunities like better help, better help will give you like, you'll pay like a, maybe a monthly, I think a monthly membership and you know, you get, you know, however many sessions that come with that monthly membership, it's, it's still going to cost you something, but it's not as much as if you were going to the professional in their own private practice. Yeah. And so there's a lot of resources out here. You just got to mm-hmm. tap into the ones closest or available to you. That's right. There, there are a lot of resources, like uh, a ton. I know here in Oklahoma uh, and I'm sure down in Texas um, or, you know, in general, uh, we're post pandemic. And, um, I think they've allocated a lot of resources for mental health. Um, 
And so if you're out there, you're thinking about it and this, this, uh, this reel or this snippet or this whole episode, if you caught this in, this might be, uh, your wind at your back that you might need because there's nothing but value that comes from therapy. Whether you come out of pay out of pocket, which I've had to pay out of pocket before, or whether you tap into your insurance, which I've had to tap into my insurance, or you do you access your work EAP. What does that stand for again? EAP? Employee Assistance Program. And, and you know, if you had to tap into your EAP, the value is getting it off your chest. Someone professional enough to help you and give you tools and um, I know my therapist, she's given me ways to look at things differently, you know, and um, and she, you know, actually put the mirror up in many cases for me to reflect on myself, you know. And so um, there's nothing but value from it, man. And this is something that's kind of new to our community in terms of the access. Right. I think um, we haven't truly always had the access. Um, um, and so and we've dealt with a lot of trauma. You know, now we have the access. We should definitely take advantage of it. I feel like as we're shifting our culture into the future, I, I believe that's where we're at. Um, we have, you know, more um, therapists, black therapists than, than any time before. I know there's a lot of young black men and women that are going to school for therapy. Um, and if we kind of glance ahead 10 years, we can see that this is heading in the right direction. Now, how do we get our people to to tap into it because we have the professionals more professionals than ever in the field. And we have more people going, you know, wanting to be in the profession. So how do we help move our people that, you know, have been, you know, uh, double dutching to you know, the idea of getting into therapy. Um, and so I want to advocate if you're listening to this, to um, hop into the shift. Um, definitely. If you're thinking about it, jump into it um, because, and, you know, I think it's going to be the new new wave in the next 10 years. And as we're speaking of the next 10 years, like what do you see and what's your vision for your for uh, focus therapy in the next 10 years? Oh, man, the vision is to, you know, have at least 20 professionals working up under me. I want to have a facility where I house these individuals. And it's not just LPCs in my vision like I'm looking at massage therapists. I'm looking at acupuncture. I'm looking at different forms of light therapy and things mm -hmm. like that, just to offer a variety because everybody doesn't need the same thing. And so I want to offer a, a facility that can give you what you need when it comes to therapy to resetting your mental, resetting your body, and just being able to conquer the challenges that are in front of you in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. I can't wait to, to see that expand. Um, uh, so I want to get back and, and talk about uh, trauma. Uh, I, I think um, a lot of times we hear, uh, and, and, I, and I'm, my mind's at, um, uh, at my community, the black community. Um, yeah. I feel like um, a lot of times and where I grew up, um, we use phrases. Um, and sometimes those phrases, we use them to be accepted or, Sometimes we use those phrases um, to be cool or, I mean, it just sound cool, you know, like level up, for example. Um, you know, we are synonymous that getting the bag is leveling up. Um, but I think the ultimate leveling up is therapy and mental health. Um, and 
if we can't see the trauma in the way, or if we can't see that that mental health level up is because, let me rephrase that. Is it because sometimes we don't see that the untan- the tangible isn't the true leveling up and the mental is the, the, the true leveling up? Mm-hmm. Could that be trauma in the way? What, what, what is preventing, and I want to get deeper because we touched on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but what's, what's preventing? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Some of us that um, are, are used to. Uh, that cultural way of life and thinking. And I'm talking like in the trenches, this is where I want to go with this in the trenches. Like we got our own slang in the trenches. Nigga ain't getting no bag. He lame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a nigga, nigga ain't, nigga ain't his whip. He ain't got the, he can't pay for his fucking whip, you know, part my language, yeah. but I'm going there with it because that's where I want to go with this message. Um, are we in that, stuck there because trauma is in the way I believe trauma does have its effect um, okay. and I do believe that it is the trauma of you know coming from that poverty mindset mm-hmm. you know and that is some of the intergenerational trauma that exists the most in our communities mm-hmm. is the poverty mindset if we don't have this or have that and we're not doing anything yeah. And that's far from the truth. Right. You know, we live in a microwave society where mm-hmm. everything is instant gratification. And I mean, if you break it down, instant gratification, IG, Instagram, instant gratification, mm-hmm. like it's all like, okay, what are you putting out in front of everybody? What is this you want to portray to everybody and all this stuff? Like, look like you're really doing something. Right. And it's not the case. Like the true the true like level up like you was talking about comes from an oven process. Like you didn't have food mm-hmm. in the microwave yeah. versus when grandma cooking in that That's oven. Right. What's yes, more sir. satisfying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The microwave would get the job done for the time being, but it ain't gonna it doesn't truly satisfy you like something that you done pulled out the oven and really put some time and preparation into. Yeah. So if our people can continue to level this thing up, like really see that it's not about what's on the exterior, but completely mm. shifting what's on the interior, then all the things on the exterior will be even more accessible to you. That's and right. you can really have what you want and not be at a at a loss with it. Cause you know, we'll rob Peter to pay Paul to yeah. just look like we got something. You That's know what right. I'm saying? I've seen yeah. plenty of times where moms was like, um, I want to see like my auntie. Well she wasn't my auntie, but we grew up together, but they they, her kids would have all the J's, you know, all the shoes. But then I would hear conversations about, man, I got to pay the rent still. Or I, my phone about to get cut off. I'm like, yeah. why would we show like we, and look like we got something and we right. not taking care of the standards, like yeah, the basics. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, moving yeah. past that poverty mindset, like we have to look like something in order to be something. No, mm. you can be something and then look like whatever you want to look like. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's powerful, man. That's well said. And you know that what I've realized too, trend, you know, transforming 
my thinking. Um, like none of that goes away. Like you still have that swag. You still have that. And, and I'm gonna cold switch a little bit. Let a nigga try me. Like you still got that. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I still look good in this fit. You know what I mean? Like we, st- that doesn't go away. It just becomes secondary to, to the internal, you know what I mean? And so, um, but yeah, I, I feel like looking deep into like our community, like there's so many great minds, like smart brothers out there. Like, but they, and, and this is my opinion and no shots in any brother in particular, but I feel like there's some of them that some of our brothers that close off and believe that that's just all that all they are. You know, I think when we look deeper, like we expand consciousness and awareness, like, like you can be an addition to that. You know what I mean? And, and it starts at the thinking and, 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 and to me, like the therapy, like having someone else talk to you from their perspective of what they see and what they hear, you know, how you're handling life and some of the decisions you've made, like, and they just add on to it, you know? And so I'm, I'm a big advocate for therapists, you know, and being a black man and having black experience, I'm a huge advocate for black therapists, you know, and, I love that you're in it, like your energy and everything about you is amazing, bro. And I hope nothing but the best for you. But while we're on this, this is a perfect segue. Um, and I want people to see what I'm talking about as far as your energy and, and your aura. I want to play those uh, videos from uh, IG, if you don't mind. Let me uh, share the screen um, to my viewer or to my listeners. You can go to YouTube and catch out uh, Mr. Crane and I live and in your face. Um, I'm going to play this video uh, of Mr. Crane. Can you see the screen? Yes, sir. Okay. I had to stream. Um, play this video of Mr. Crane uh, talking, you know, from his profession, from his professional experience. Um, it's a great video. Uh, here, wait, where did I do this? It's this one. Yeah. Can you hear it okay? Yes, sir. Okay. No, I don't see the video. Oh, let me run it back then. Okay. Uh, I see us on the screen. Uh, is this? Wait. Okay. Bear with me, listeners and people watching on YouTube. Pretty soon we're gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna go live. Can you? Can you still not see it? Yeah, it's just I just see us on the uh, the shared screen screen. Okay. All right. Let me try to run this back. Yeah, me and uh, Mr. Crane, we were talking about uh, we were talking about the weather down there in Houston. He said he, he, we, they'd be waking up as hot, <laughs> like ninety degrees down there. Uh, Eight in the morning, sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if it'll work this time. Can you see it now? It's loading. I got to upgrade my internet, y'all. If y'all got any, uh, any feedback on the best internet service in Oklahoma City area, hit me up on uh, Visionary Millennials 2, the number two at gmail.com, or drop me a, a, a comment on my comment box at Avery Fennell on Facebook or Coach A, or go to the Visionary Radio podcast on Facebook. Drop me a suggestion on internet, man. Maybe I might need to add a, a router into my room where I'm recording, but this is all bad and slow. 
You remember Xanadu? Mm-hmm. Remember the Xanadu internet? Uh-uh. Um, yeah, there's, there's that prepaid internet. I feel like I got prepaid internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you still not see the screen? No, nah, it's just showing like uh, I see the tabs at the top, but I don't see, you know, the um, the uh, IG thing. No, nah, I don't see the IG. Why is it not showing it? But can you hear the audio? Yeah, I can hear you. No, I can't even. You can't hear the audio, hear the audio from the. Oh uh-huh. lord, this is all. I thought okay. See, I worked. I played with it before I, I came on with you, but um, let me see. Try to run this back. And just do StreamYard. Because I want to play this. This is, this is important. Um, what you're talking about. Share screen. Let's see. StreamYard. Allow. All right. Can you see? Can you see now? Oh, Lord. What is all that? Oh, man. It went, oh, there we go. Okay. I bet. see it now. Uh, all right. Bet. All right. Let's run it. Let me run it back. All right. This is Dominic. Uh, uh, Mr. Dominic Crane, he's talking about um, suicide prevention um, and some real stuff. So listen up if you can. Can you hear it okay, Dominic? I can't hear it. You can't? Oh. What is really going on? Probably not. All right, we'll do it one more time. Hey, Dominic. Yes, sir. What did DJ name his son? What did DJ name his son? It's a joke. Can you, uh-oh, you froze up uh, on me. What did DJ name his son? son? Uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> oh, can you, can you, you, you don't know what he said? You don't know nah. what he named his son? Uh, he named him Eric. <laughs> <laughs> get, get the DJ name. Eric. I heard that. I heard that on, on the radio the other day. All right, my bad, man. That's a good dad joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is this not playing? What about now? I can't hear it. What the? Is it? No, it's like really faint. Okay, maybe I need that. It's really faint. What about now? You still can't hear it? Mm Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'm gonna go on here on my phone because this is this is some good stuff, and I want everyone to be able to hear it from a professional. Uh, hey, what's going on, good people? It's you hear it? Dominic Crane, aka mm-hmm. the Eclectic Counselor. That mental health awareness. I'll share a personal story today why it's important for you to raise your mental health awareness. It's about four years ago. I had recently, we had recently relocated to Houston, Texas from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was hard to 
find work in the beginning, so I was still traveling back to Oklahoma every weekend, every other weekend, uh, working, seeing my clients that I still had there while I was still transitioning down here, and the build-up just slowly started happening. You know, I was doing everything I could each and every day, and it just didn't seem like it was enough. And instead of acknowledging what I was feeling, what I was going through, I just kept trying to push and push and push. And the reason why this is important is because I reached my breaking point. It was maybe seven, eight months into the journey, and I finally hit that wall and boom, crashed so hard. I was sitting in my car after driving back and forth to work one day, um, and I had a vision. I had a vision of me grabbing the blade and just, just leaving this place. And it's not that I wanted to, but this vision popped up in my head like this was the only way out. This was the only solution. And I knew right then and there, like, okay, Dom, you in this mental health space, you need to be start you need to start practicing what you preach in this mental health space. And so that's when I had to begin to seek out for my first therapist. And that's when I was able to sit there and have me reflected back to me in a different way so that I can get what I needed out of that situation. So fellas. Do not ignore your stressors. Do not ignore when you're feeling certain type of ways. Really identify that. Put a name to it. Because if you put a name to it, you can defeat it. And that's what I was able to do. I was able to defeat those suicidal ideations. I haven't had one since. And now I'm just better than ever. And every therapist, especially my male therapist, my female therapist, whatever, my male therapist, because it ain't a lot of us out there. Make sure you have a therapist. Make sure you have somebody that can reflect you and put you in front of you so that you can begin to fix the things that may be triggering and may be bringing you down from a mental health standpoint. And that's what I wanted to bring to you today because, guys, this is not a game. You know, this is not a game. I said it on my post earlier this week. This is the third leading cause of death of black men age 15 to 24. Granted, I'm not 24, but it's serious. This is very serious. Suicide is taking us out left and right. The reason why I really got back in front of this camera back in December when Twitch took his and completed suicide and took his own life. That hit me hard. My man looked happy. He looked peaceful. He looked like life was great. You know what I'm saying? But there was something that was going on behind the scenes that nobody knew about. This thing is serious, yo. It's very serious. So, fellas... If you got anything out of this first week, raise that mental health awareness. Go find someone to talk to. It ain't got to be me. It ain't got to be the person next door to me. It ain't got to be anybody that you know. You can get on BetterHelp. You can get call your insurance. Your insurance can tell you what providers are available to you through your insurance. If you're working, you can go through your EAP. EAP offers free services. They give you like six sessions, six to eight sessions. I got some people that's had 10 sessions. Shoot, now that I'm thinking about it, I had one client that came to see me for a whole year using EAP, Employee Assistance Program. And so the resources are out there, guys. We just have to tap in and we have to be aware enough to know that, hey, it's okay to reach out. It's okay to get some help because nobody makes it through life alone. You are not by yourself. You are not on this journey alone. You have people that are there waiting to help you and support you. Just be mad enough to know how to go out and get that support. So, fellas, in honor of this men's health month, make sure that you continue to take care of this mental health so that you can take care of everything else. 
And if you are feeling like I felt that day, there's a number out there, 988. There's a suicide prevention hotline. The resources are there. We got to use them, guys. We got to use them. So this has been another focused moment from your boy, Dominic Crane, a.k.a. the Eclectic Counselor. I'll see you next week. Peace. Fire. Man, I, 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 that, that's, if I wish I had that, uh, that, that sound button, you know what I mean? That's, dude, that was well said. I wish I could, uh, play the, uh, video with behind that. Um, guys, if you're listening, go ahead and stop now. Go to IG. What's your IG? Focus Therapy. Focus Therapy. Go find Focus Therapy. Go find Dominic Crane. Watch that video. Um, his aura along with his message. It just hits home. It hit me in my soul hearing that. I think we all. Not, let, me, let me narrow that. Let me let me take that back. Some of us we have those moments where we feel like I need to just go on and go. I I, I need to end this. I can't handle anymore. Um, and we we get there because we feel like we don't have anyone to talk to. You know, we feel like no one's understanding, and we feel like no one wants to understand us. And I'll go even further and assume, because I don't have all the facts, but, and I've never spoken to anyone on this, but to some of my brothers that decide to join a gang or to do like wild, you know, crazy behavior or activity, sometimes that can be, you know, just as a theory can be considered like suicide suicidal ideation to want to ride on somebody or to just do dangerous shit man and do you feel like that that's the case that you know living on living on the edge and you know riding with that 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 pole and ready to let that pole loose and and a shootout and mm-hmm. Do you feel like some of that suicidal ideation and, and thinking and, and um, what do you think about that? I don't think it's necessarily directly connected to suicide, but I truly feel like it's connected to not truly caring about your own life mm-hmm. because you're taking like these risk taking behaviors. Yeah. And I can't think of the terminology right now at the top of my head, but there is something in our DSM that talks about that. And, and so it's just like when people engage in these type of activities, like we, if we really think about it, we know what are the outcomes of certain things, what yeah. are the possible outcomes of certain things. But yeah, we'll still do it. You know, we'll still engage. Like I remember when I was growing up, like middle school, and that's when I had my run in with the police on two or three different occasions. And like, man, I was risk taking behaviors because I was out there just not caring about my life at that time. Like mm-hmm. I still went to school, still did that. But as soon as I can break away and sneak out and go do what I wanted to do, I'm yeah. out there doing any and everything. And then sometimes it's connected to like people pleasing or just trying to mm-hmm. act with other people. Like it's just, there's so many different dynamics that go into those decisions. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it just, it still produces like the same thing though. It still produces death. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, man, I, I get, I get it, you know, cause they feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. So they're going to go with the homies. And, um, 
and sometimes they're bouncing bad advice off each other, you know, and they're the hurt just like, you know, the person that go to nine to five, you know, and that same thing for someone that might be a millionaire. They take their lives, too, because they feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. You know, they're not necessarily putting their lives in risky situations or positions, but, you know, um, they they result to suicide, too. You know, and um, it's just a theory that I've had, man. And I've, I've, I was, you know, I've always been what people would call scary or people would call uh, lame, you know, because I avoided, you know, joining a gang um, because I knew what came with it, you know. But then whenever I got into a period of my life when I was using drugs, um, I, I didn't care about my life, you know. And so I wanted to join a gang at 30. 34 35 years old you know uh and, and and at that point i didn't care too much about my life i didn't care too much about my family you know um and so it was it was it was uh you know commit suicide in that way not in not directly and more like indirectly but rather than take my own life and so i've always thought like um some of those some of those things man that result in you know just bad endings, you know what I mean? And, and, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, whenever we, um, actually let me go back and play this other one. You got a couple more minutes and play this other one. I got time. Okay. I, but, time. Uh, I think this other one was, uh, pressure. All right. All right. This is the one pressure. It's your boy Dominic Crane, AKA the eclectic counselor. And I have just a, a word of the day jumped in my mind this morning. It just kept beaming pressure, pressure, pressure. And so I know pressure to do two things. Pressure's either going to bust pipes or it's going to make diamonds. And I don't know about you, but man, I'm trying to shine like one. Because the pressures of this world will not break me down. Yes, I'm supposed to protect. Yes, I'm supposed to provide. Yes, I'm supposed to do these things, but I'm, I'm so much more. And I'm going to do so much more. And so, fellas, if you're listening to this, watching this, Make sure you tell yourself the same thing, because if we're going to shine like diamonds, I remember somebody telling me diamonds are a girl's best friend, and I'm trying to shine for my wife each and every day, trying to shine for myself each and every day, trying to shine for my kids each and every day. And so get out there. Don't let the pressure of this world break you down. Let it build you up Mm. because you're more than your circumstances. I like what the Bible says is we are more than conquerors. And so definitely, definitely know that. And this has been a quick focus moment. Your boy Dominic Crane, aka the Eclectic Counselor. If you like it, share it, subscribe, all that stuff. Man, and this goes back to that, my, you know, the theory. You know, we lead into uh, almost un- indirectly and unconsciously thinking, you know, my life doesn't matter. So we're almost like suicidal about some of our actions and behavior um, and some of the things we like to do. Um, but that's that pressure getting to us, right? I feel like uh, it's the pressure of you know being cool, want to be around the right people. It's the pressure of for the the wealthy that commit suicide. It's the pressure of I didn't you know uh, do what my parents wanted me to do, or I'm a failure, or um, I lost a bunch of wealth and you know I need to take my life. Whatever the scenario is, pressure is in the middle of all that. And so what are some other ways that we can recognize that pressure whenever it comes in, whenever it starts on? Like, what's the what are some signs we can look for that pressure is getting to us? So when you start operating differently, you know, mm-hmm. noticing subtle changes in your behavior. Yeah. You know, one thing I know about myself is if I'm feeling pressure, 
Like one thing I tend to do, I'm already quiet by nature, you know, even though I have a job where I talk, you know, a lot of times I sit back and try to have them do most of the talking and processing, but I'll go home and I'll just kind of retreat to myself and not necessarily be around my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll kind of go on my back porch or go in my garage and just, yeah. just be to myself. And so when I notice that I begin to isolate at home, I know, okay, what's going on? Why are you avoiding everybody? What are you dealing with or not dealing with? And what do you need to handle? And so you'll notice subtle changes in your behavior. You'll notice subtle changes in how you interact with people. And so just being self-aware, you know, like I said earlier, the biggest ability should be the ability to self-assess. You got to be able to know who you are and know when things have shifted for you. And one way to learn who you are is through therapy. Yes, sir. And really getting That's to see right. yourself from another lens, like That's right. in your own perspective. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Yeah, man, and I and I get the sense that pressure is okay. Wouldn't you say? Like, um, yeah. um, not obviously not a lot, but to me, pressure is living. Like, and, and there's um, once what time? No, like obviously you don't want too much pressure on yourself. Like, no one wants that, right? Um, and, and we try to figure out how to experience. In my opinion, we try to figure out how to experience more peace than pressure. Um, but sometimes those pressure moments that I've experienced made me feel alive again sometimes you know and um and there's there's times where it made me feel indirectly suicidal with some of my situation my my decision making you know um and and um and so it's a weird thing about what pressure does you know uh and especially if you're not aware of that's what's happening you know there's been so many times to where uh pressure has you know affected me physically because i didn't ground it or uh, and next thing you know, I'm having these headaches or I find myself lifting one shoulder over the other. You know, I find myself with my fingers like this. You know, it's just like, man, I got to relax. You know, th- that situation's already happened. There's nothing I can do about it. It's out of my control. And, you know, processing in ways that um, that uh, the, my level of awareness is catching the pressure, you know. And so um, but, you know, when is there a way to tell or gauge to where um um, you've had too much pressure in terms of um, it could cause you to um, do something uh, that you would regret. Like, is there a way to measure that? Like, um, I don't know if that's a, a question um, that's clear enough, but you know, we, we, we recognize the pressure. Um, we become aware of the pressure, uh, but sometimes uh, we don't have the tools to um, um, to handle that pressure. So is there signs in between that? Like to say, Hey, yeah, I do need to go get therapy before I kill this person or before I do something stupid. Is there, is there like, um, uh, I guess, um, um, like emergency signs. Like if you've, uh, missed the early stages, but the late stage signs, like are there late stage signs? Um, like wanting to be say, physical with someone and stuff like that. Yeah, if you operate out of character, like say you're usually an easygoing person, but you know somebody may have accidentally bumped into you and you instantly ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. You would okay. normally be a more of a pacifist and like, hey, excuse me, type stuff. And so, uh, changes in behavior like that, yeah. or just the thoughts, like you know, like I shared in that story, like that thought, that image yeah. was so vivid. You know, it was like I, I felt it, 
without actually feeling it, you know? And so those are some of those late stages, late signs that, okay, you, you really at the edge, bro. You yeah, need to slow pressure. down. Like, yeah. and like pressure is a part of our everyday. And like to recognize like how much pressure is on you, like seeing what's in front of you, like, okay, you know, I'm a, a father of four kids, a wife. So I was like, okay, I got my family. I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm trying to build a business. I got to maintain my license and all the things that come with that. I have to, you know, I, when I was active in my organization, I had to do these things. So I just started saying, okay, what's stretching me? What's pulling me in so many different directions? And then once I figure some things out, okay, I'm going to say no over here. I'm going to say no mm, over here. That's I'm going right, to direct yeah. my energy into the area I wanted to go into so that I don't feel all the unnecessary pressure. Yeah. You know, all that extra pressure, yeah, you yeah. know, so when you can sit back and really analyze your life, like really see what's pulling on you and applying pressure in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Look, we're a little bit over an hour. Um, like I, uh, we talked about in our preliminary call, I'd love to have you back every season and, and then maybe multiple times in a season. Um, but before we go, um, what are three books and podcasts you would refer to me and the listeners? Okay. Uh, I got three books. You know, one of them is by Eric Thomas. It's UOU. It's a yeah. very powerful book, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is by one of his homeboys and his crew, Jamal King, the nine to five millionaire. And then this one, I just got gifted by one of my clients, you know, Holding Space for the Sun by Jamal Kadura. That's a very powerful book. I'm only maybe a third of the way through it, man. It's uh, it's it's heavy hitters, and it's who's uh, who's it by again? I'm sorry, Jamal Kadura, C A D O U R A. And then you know, two extra books. I know you said three, but I like both David Goggins' books. I like David Goggins. He's very, you know, his his methodology is very, you know, abrasive, but I, I like that. And, so, and what book is what book is that? David Goggins. Uh, one of them is "You Can't Hurt Me." Mm-hmm. It's his first one. I can't think of the name of the second one, but he okay. has two of them. Okay. And then, as far as podcasts go, oh, do we say podcast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, EYL, Earn Your Leisure. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. Solid one. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to them boys. They're doing big things. Oh, man, they, yeah, they're putting they, it out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of information. Yeah. And um S2S podcast, Secrets to Success podcast with ET and his, ET and company. And then um On Purpose by Jay Shetty. I'll be listening to those on, on my road trip. Yes, sir. Uh, All solid podcast. Yeah. Man, listen, this has been an honor and a pleasure, man. Um I can't wait for us to do our next one. Our next one, man, I, I really would like to um dive a little bit deeper into our community and, uh, um, you know, figure and maybe even talk about some, you know, solutions, but, um, man, how can the people find you? Oh man. IG and TikTok, you know, Facebook is a uh, focus therapy or you should be able to type in my name, Dominic crane as well. It should pop up for those. And then, um, also on my website, focustherapy.org. Uh, you can contact me there. And shoot, man, I've been throwing my phone number out all the time. You can text me, call me if you need some services or you just need a little assistance in finding some services. I'm willing to help. So 
That's number awesome. is 832-720-2149. So I'm accessible in many different ways. Awesome, man. Again, Dominique, uh, uh, I appreciate you for sharing your time and, and blessing the platform with your, your energy and your presence. Um, again, guys, if, if you're double dutching the idea of finding a therapist, getting therapy, here's your moment to jump in. And once you jump in, don't trip on the rope. Keep jumping, baby, because it is value. There's so much value. And, you know, there's a lot of love. And finding out who you are and how you can better operate and mental health therapists and professionals are they go to school to provide you with tools and angles to look at. They understand the angles to looking at oneself and, um, you know, the mental health therapists like yourself and others are a blessing to humanity and we should definitely take advantage of it. So if you're double Dutch and you're thinking about it. Um, I hope that, you know, this is the wind at your back. And so, again, I've been with Dominique Crane. He is a licensed, pre- licensed professional counselor. Um, he's out of Houston. He does offer services uh, through telehealth. So you guys can, if he has the case, if he doesn't have too much of a caseload, you know, reach out to this brother, man. Um, go look at the videos of him on IG. Um, let his aura, his energy, and his presence speak to you. Not only his message, but everything about this brother is, um, is, is a blessing to, to us as humans. So, um, tap into him, figure it out. Um, if you need the therapy, he's available. Dominique, thank you again, brother. Um, I appreciate you. I look forward to part two, man. Truly humbled and honored, man. I definitely yes, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, there you have it, folks. You've heard it yourself from the man himself, Mr. Dominic Crane. Dominic, Big shout out to you, bro. Thank you so much for blessing the platform with your presence, your wisdom, your knowledge, your information. Honestly, regardless of your skin color, there's a lot to gain from this episode, especially for us men. Listen, society has given us a bad rap, man. And in some cases, rightfully so. We deal with a lot and we've learned to kind of shut it down, man. We've learned to kind of just deal with it, bro. And I think the new wave is finding someone to talk to, figuring out ways to release all of that pressure from the disrespect or the action that someone else has done against you. We consider disrespect to the temptations throughout society and within the world to our own at home situations to the pressures of what we see a man to be and what a man is considered to be in in today's society. There's a lot to unpack when we're talking about men. There's a lot to untalk to unpack when we're talking and, um, theorizing on what a man is but to me a man takes those difficult steps and those has those difficult conversations to me a man is someone that does something difficult and boy do i tell you finding someone to talk to unloading uh, healing is a difficult task to do so i want to give a shout out to you dominic y'all go follow him hit him up if you're seeking therapy um he's an average person that you can talk to i feel like he's not an average person but i get the sense you get the feel that he's an average person that you can talk to. Like 
an easy person to talk to someone that understands. Um, so definitely y'all go follow him. Um, also, shout out to my boy Q. If you guys, if you know someone in uh, recovery, if you know someone dealing with addiction, if you're in recovery or if you're dealing with addiction, my boy Q, Quinn and I, we just released a podcast called Recovery Warriors Podcast. Um, that's streaming on all platforms. Definitely look in and listen to that. Share with anyone that you know that might be going through recovery. We created that podcast um, with nothing but recovery in mind. Uh, we feel like God has called us to speak to recovery. We feel like addiction and drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction is something that we tend to, you know, put into the closet until it gets out of control. And um, Quinn and I just share our experience, insight, and we have guests on to talk about their experience and insight. Hopefully that, you know, we can hit this thing of addiction and recovery from all angles. So go and like that page on Facebook Recovery Warriors podcast. That's on Facebook. Also, um, stay tuned. Visionary Radio Podcast. I've got more guests in the chamber. I'm about to hit you one after another. Um, if you'd like to be a guest, you can email me at visionarymillennials2, the number two at gmail.com. That's visionarymillennials2, the number two at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at Visionary Radio Podcast. Again, I want to thank my guests that have come on so far. Uh, Darren, Guru, Jamal, Dominic, and then my upcoming guest. You guys definitely stay tuned for that. We're going to get deeper and deeper. Um, I love you guys. Don't forget, everyone has vision. The question is, who are you and what are you looking for? I'm out.